Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rod. Taking a look at uh, some Dan Klaus superhero comics today on Cartoonist Kayfabe. Uh, but Patreon patrons get these videos before anybody else at the King Kayfaber level. They're also hanging out with us in the chat room right now as we record these videos. Uh, support Cartoonist Kayfabe and it keeps these videos coming to you on a regular basis. Predominantly, the vids are brought to you by the books that we make, and uh, 2023 is a big year for us here at Cartoonist Kayfabe. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming out in time for the holidays, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree and 140 pages of additional material that is not in those first four volumes. So we're looking at a 504-page uh, uh, book that is going to be gigantic and fantastic. We are putting so much effort into the presentation and hope that you support that book. There are two volumes of, of Red Room trade paperbacks out there right now, which is my current series I've been working on for the past couple of years. And we're putting together the final mini-series of Red Room. Red Room Crypto Killers 1 is coming out in May on a monthly basis. Each story is completely self-contained. That's the cover for issue number two. There are three volumes of X-Men Grand Design out there and WYSIWYG uh, that you can get your hands on and support my comics making. Jimmy has Street Angel Princess of Poverty forthcoming in July of 2023. This is going to collect the uh, pre-image Street Angel comics that Jimmy put together, man. A uh, couple hundred pages worth of Street Angel comics. And having this Princess of Poverty book along with Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, it's going to give you all history Angel comics to date. Jimmy's the author of Hulk Grand Design that has that beautiful Treasury Edition format with that fluorescent green ink. You can't miss it at your local comic shop. And he is the artist behind Plain Jane's, the shoujo young adult graphic novel from Little Brown. Without further ado, man, everybody, go crack open your 8-ball number 18s. Go crack open your soft cover and hardcover editions of the complete 8-ball. Go crack open your caricature trade paperbacks. Go crack open your 20th century 8-ball. God damn it, Dan Klaus, man, he is, he is uh, selling old rope in many, many different ways. But we're going to take a look at the OG issue. Yeah, bottom, bottom line is no excuse for everybody watching not to have a version of this story in their collection, right? Totally. So let's take a look at black nylon so i get into dan Klaus around 99 i basically buy all the eight balls up to that point which is the middle of david boring yes um this is i consider this sort of the second wave of eight ball and uh if you look at those complete eight ball collections this is where the collection stops with issue 18 right. even though there's a few issues that are technically eight ball after this so in a way this is the second phase of eight ball in my mind and it and it's anchored by these short stories and Ghost World, yes. basically run through once uh, Velvet Glove finishes up, that's what you get. This issue is a, a banger because it's three quarters of its Ghost World's final chapter. Modern Cartoonist, which we looked at in a previous video and is amazing. And now Black Nylon, like his first real stab at a superhero story, I think. Right. We, there was a Fighting American issue of uh, Lloyd Llewellyn that would play with those tropes. But uh, he's getting it deeper here. He's getting more... He's starting to dip his toe into that Ditko water mm -hmm. with this one a little bit. And big time, big time Ditko in this. Yeah. Uh, Black Nylon, like we're getting into Oedipus we're, and Oedipal complexes, but there is some other very, very fascinating psychological stuff that goes into the creation of this story. And I actually would not have known it without uh, the handy dandy Dan Klaus reader edited by Ken Peril, who does some, some pretty rigorous... Uh, what do you call it? Some essays and stuff on everything. 
and black nylon gets a nice section of coverage from uh, Ken Perillo because the story if you are a Wednesday warrior and you're coming to this for a satisfying superhero yarn that has a battle and a nice clean ending or a to be continued this is gonna fucking baffle you this is gonna be a baffling comic uh it baffles me it baffles Ken Perillo who basically is like don't expect it to be this is this is a comic of discovery this is Dan Klaus blending a lot of genre this is you know dragnet like bad tv is a part of this uh the the hyperbole of bad tv he's marrying that with the silver age comics of yore i think he's playing with some tech stuff too because from this story like the next clouds we're going to see in eight ball is david boring which is this heavily noir kind of uh grayscale and i think it's digital grayscale and i wonder if he's using some of those techniques here sure totally but here is the part that's going to fucking blow your mind jimmy uh, in the early 1950s, this Edward Schneidman guy created this set of flashcards, man, the make a picture story method, an assessment tool for psychoanalysts, maps, he calls it, 22 separate eight and a half by 11 background scenes, bedroom street cave, 67 uh, five and a half inch cutouts of characters. And what Klaus did was took the maps tools and incorporated as many of them into these are in his comics yeah like the yeah, scroll yeah like incorporated this maps stuff into this story to just create some kind of narrative and, and see you know what what comes out so like literally even the superhero is kind of the black nylon superhero you know that's amazing i, I am blown away by this wow um, it, it really points to where superheroes and alternative comics were in the 90s. You know, like you couldn't just do a, if you were Dan Klaus, you can't just do a superhero comic. Right. In, in 19, I don't know the year of this, 95 or something. Give, give me carry, might, might not even publish it. Even if you're Klaus, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, do a porn comic, Dan. <laughs> we don't do superheroes here, fanographics. Um, that's an amazing piece. Like, like, yeah, I would have no way of knowing that. But it does point to Klaus as like using a lot of methods in building his stories you know like he's done stories that are dream kind of inspired uh velvet glove cast and iron is one of those that he talks about a lot of dream energy used there so he's trying to channel a lot of different methods for for making comics for making these stories and what a radical strange one this is totally and i think it's the, some of the conceit is is that flashcard motif but also uh, well, the psychological testing part. I mean, this whole story is this guy basically is interacting with this psychiatrist throughout the story. Right. Fascinating. The, the funny thing too, man, like once you realize that the whole point of those flashcards is to make a story with that and then they have a psych psychoanalyst dig into you. So like this is Klaus doing his version. He just doesn't have, he has drawing skills. So he doesn't have to do paste up or rearranging things on a, on a, mood board he'll give you a comic and now dig it to his head and uh one of the things that as a pop psychologist that i that i pulled from this he's mad cutting promos on superhero comic he's saying yo motherfuckers you guys need to grow up no doubt about it the other thing i was going to say is too bad frederick wortham is is uh, no longer with us would love to see his analysis of this uh this story inspiring the next generation of independent cartoonists to be so fucking voluminous in their text and their text does not read like this Dan Klaus text that uh, so much of of like 
superhero comics, it would often be ex- explaining what you're showing mm-hmm. in the imagery. And at best, the captions might communicate a sense that you couldn't see on the page. So like, they would talk smell or feeling or something like this. This gets much deeper. He's building a whole character through these inner dialogues. Yeah, and I definitely fell in love with his writing. You know, we yeah. looked at a lot of Alan Moore, who I think is also very good at using these captions in a way that is adds something to the art, contradicts the art, does something extra. And I think that that's what you get here with a lot of Klaus writing. And again, going into David Boring, he does a ton of that. Pass me the caricature book, man, just to give examples of different paper qualities and how things get treated in the print process. Because on the original version, it's still a coded paper, but it has some absorption to it. So when Jimmy talks dot gain, uh, this is what he's talking about, man. Like, it's the same seps, you know, it's it's Zipatone screen. Uh, so on this paper the way that it's printed those dots are a little close together and here uh it it prints really well now i wonder do you remember if any of these pages are in the artist edition the klaus artist edition good question i'm curious if this stuff is his early digital stuff even between like the printing like where this could be actual screens and this could be screens removed and now digitally added right either this or gynecology is the last zipatone comic that he did I think it's this, but maybe not. Well, like I said, it's possible it's both, you know? Right. Because he's pretty famous for reworking his stuff into collections. And like you say, if he gets hold of this and goes, oh, I don't like how that looks. Figure it out. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes back in and, and makes some, some big changes. Uh, would it be fair to say that our Jack Webb dragnet character is kind of an unreliable narrator? There are two instances where he talks about... Uh, stopping to go see the shrink and on, on page one it's like his decision like oh yeah like i'm revealing too much about myself i'm uncomfortable about, about it but on this page my shrink pro- politely requested i stop seeing her yes so uh that's indicative of your unreliable narrator which i think fits really well in superheroes overall yeah and by the way i think alan moore would make your his superheroes unreliable narrators you know like he's very critical of that genre too what is the taping down the ears to shave your head i thought that was an injury but he doesn't have that you know, like previously, is that sort of mask fits smoothly? Like, I can't tell what that is. So weird. Yeah. It's got a new shiny belt <laughs> that he's uh, stoked to show off, man. And there's, you know, there's like Image Comics uh, promo cut. And I feel I, I feel like this is like your, your um, flash in the pan du jour new superhero looking at the old paunch, commenting on it, cut, like really cucking out the old superhero sending him off on his way that head looks kind of like a dick yes while uh the dude is making time with homeboy's girl he is so good at drawing like that unflattering body yeah. i guess dad bod yeah is, is what you're seeing there but it's so well done where like the the ass is as wide as the shoulders <laughs> not a flattering look on on, on your uh, superhero such precision in the drawing love the objectification here we're objectifying the woman uh, which is common to superhero comics, but we're also objectifying just the superhero. Like we're not seeing any real like personage there. It's just bodies. Right. Very nice page layouts throughout this story too. Totally. Goes to visit this lady who he has um, done a favor for in the past. Got her deadbeat, her deadbeat husband to pay alimony, and so she owes him one. And then he realizes, you know what? I don't think I actually got him to pay up. And then when he shows up, it's implied that he's the at least the father of one of those kids we see in the background. <laughs> right. Like, he's the deadbeat dad that's not paying the alimony. 
she yells, I hope you catch AIDS. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's perfectly clousy in, man. Uh, this is amazing to me. He's, he's at home, like, flexing, you know, almost, like, prepping, like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go talk to this lady. We're gonna go re rekindle this old job that I had with her. But it's also, like, every ad in a superhero comic for, like, build your body up skinny, you know, don't get the sand kicked in right. your face anymore. Totally. Posing in front of a mirror. Very, uh, everybody watching this video has done that. He gets destroyed. Hopefully whenever you were younger. <laughs> He gets shot up and there's no consequences. He just goes to the doctor's real easy, which is that superhero play of violence that is never taken that seriously. Everybody's always okay. Uh, I think it might have been Amazing Spider-Man issue 13 or so, where on even on the cover, Ken Perel talks about it, uh, Spidey goes to see a shrink to, to take care, try to take care of some mental woes and stuff. So there's elements of that in here. The doctor's office piece is a part of that Edward Schneidman uh, back background uh, settings. So is this exact cave. Like, this drawing is part of one of those. He's grabbing a file on his way out. And uh, it's something that he's, you know, trying to piece together some kind of narrative, yeah. some kind of answers. Again, like, you know, this feels like we're going to see this investigated further in David Boring, the next story following this. But it also speaks to that idea of like Klaus just piecing the story together, you know, like using that weird psych test uh, that you mentioned from the Dan Klaus reader. Just bizarre, you know, and of course the cave is one of those like Sigmund Freud's rolling over in his grave and uh, you're using it wrong, right? <laughs> you guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like old Bill Boy Shell when he had the dreads, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a woman. I'm just talking about the hair. Yeah, the hor that horrible hag. Going through that cave, man, what a surreal. Like, that could be almost a, a crappy B-movie from the 50s or 60s. Yeah, just paper mache. The Carnival of Souls or something, some outtake. Gets shot in the eye, gets shot in the hand, comes back with... Uh, of course, the person behind the weapon is the superhero du jour. Yeah, the image comic stand-in. Yeah, which, through Klaus' lens, like, he, he has such disdain, he doesn't even, like, look <laughs> at that shit. Like, that's, that's about as modern... Uh, as as he's comfortable with doing. It is the essence, though. You know, like a ridiculous costume with that visor and then a gun. You know, right. it's like 90s uh, superheroes. Let's get violent and give them guns. But now our guy has a metal hand, fixed eyes. This background is exactly from that shot Schneidman stuff. Mm -hmm. As he looks off. Infrared goggles and a mechanical hand that could crush a man's skull like a beer can. <laughs> Even the use of a beer can is like your, what you're comparing the skull to feels like that macho superhero language you totally. know it's, it's the, every comer every other every other commercial you see in a football game on sunday you know it's it's in that caption such an inspiring comic when i came across it early on and i certainly have did my fair share of like too much caption like but not understanding the essence of what Klaus is trying to communicate like in each of these panels uh as a whole narrative it's not it's not about being clean and tidy like i said man ken Peril wrote about 10 pages on it in the big Dan Klaus reader that I recommend everybody actually get, man. Uh, you know, uh, Black, Black Nylon is printed in total here as well. Yeah, I'm eager to read that essay because one one thing we didn't mention, like he says he slept through his big meeting. So like the page before he has a meeting with some Hollywood producer, you know, who wants to make a movie about his life or whatever, right? He's the superhero character. And through the lens of everything you've contributed here ed or ken peril has contributed to this yeah it makes me think like this is cutting that promo on the arrested development yeah. of a bunch of like 
comic book obsessed adult men. Right. You know, like this guy has missed all this different stuff. He messed up his kid's life, not there for that. Messes up the meeting that maybe would actually contribute to his success because, you know, he's too busy running around in caves with his <laughs> costume on. Let's give you let's give you the big headlines, man, of six interpretive frameworks. One, Black Nylon plays with the conventions of the superhero genre in order to mock it. Check. Two, Black Nylon plays with detective fiction conventions. Black Nylon reveals the Freudian psychosexual origins of the heterosexual male superhero. Four, Black Nylon implies that superhero stories are homosexual fantasies. They allow male creators and readers an opportunity to identify, consciously or unconsciously, with men who dress flamboyantly and fight other muscled men. See pro wrestling. I was going to say, like, that's the other... So far, you could almost check off all those pro wrestling. Five, Black Nylon confronts a reader's fundamental desire to identify with the story's main character. That's something that Klaus excels at, by giving you a main character that that you don't like, or that isn't a good guy. Well, it's always the loner, right? Like, it's a bunch of us comic book nerds, at least... I can identify as that comic book nerd who's sitting in his room reading this stuff, and yes, I'm identifying with that loner protagonist. Here's the uh, the and then he turn and then he knifes you and turns it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says it too publicly. You know, I'm I am that guy. I'm this dude. Uh, six, the final one in the uh, six interpretive frameworks. Black nylon is quote unquote impossible fiction, a story that has no definable relationship to our world or to genre fiction. I think there is a definable relationship to genre fiction. Sure. And, and and weirdly, maybe to the real world in that, like, there are a lot of alienated people. And even if you don't go through life this alienated, I think all of us can identify with feeling this kind of alienation at times. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, Klaus identifying with this, of course. It's almost like uh, comedians or something that talk about, like, if they didn't go through some shit in their life, right. they wouldn't be able to get up and, and sort of turn it around and make something out of it. And I think if you didn't have some of this characteristics in your life experience, it'd be very hard to fake it. Totally. And uh, as a final piece of Kemperil dissection, he doesn't go page by page, but he goes scene by scene and gives you some meditations on what, what he, he's thinking. I also think that the uh, that little bit of Hollywood calling Black Nylon to make a movie, Klaus is probably in the thick of Ghost World at this point, movie production. Right. Um, went through a bunch of stuff with uh, Like a Velvet Glove cast in Iron. You know, there's a follow-up chapter to that after the story ends where he talks about the Hollywood, or does the Hollywood version of that comic. Right. So, you know, movies, uh, I think, were always something that a lot of cartoonists are close to. So, yeah, this is a quite a story and, and very different than the first time I read it. Absolutely. Yeah, like when we were kids in the 90s, man, like we're still developing our tastes and understanding with... One of the King K. Fabers wrote, writes Flex Mentalo in the comments, and I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, like that we've done a uh, pretty in-depth video on too. So somebody who's interested in alternative superhero comics, you know, watching this video, go watch our Flex Mentalo for, you know, maybe a slightly different perspective, but still that idea of like superheroes just are not the surface quality. Totally, man. Super fun conversation. Glad we had it. Uh, I, man, there's touching black nylon and going through the eight balls, looking through them. I want to do so much more. There's so much more. We need to do gynecology, maybe put a little post-it on, on, on certain things. Uh, there's, this is just one of the greatest achievements in, you know, modern comics history is the eight ball series by Dan Klaus and such such formative comics for influenced generations. Yeah. Made our crumb mad. Made, made our crumb 
Jealous. Yes. <laughs> Good to go? Yeah. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Uh, support the Patreon as a King Kayfaber. You get all the videos before anybody else. And uh, the King Kayfabers also watch us stream these videos live as we record them. But the vids are brought to you by the books that we make. Jimmy, tell the people what you have forthcoming. Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming out in July from Image Comics. You can pre-order that now. Celebrate the 20th anniversary of my homeless ninja on a skateboard, Street Angel. These are all the stories that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Live. Also from Image Comics and available. It's back in print after almost a year out of print. Those two books comprise all my Street Angel material, almost 500 pages in total. So you want to have both of those in your collection. Hulk Grand Design, fluorescent green cover, oversized cover, you can't miss it, is out now. And uh, The Plain Janes, the first young adult graphic novel, also available in a nice 500-page complete volume. And you can read my latest comics on patreon.com slash jimrug. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus comes out in 2023 collecting the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree that are out there right now, plus 140 pages of additional material. We're looking at a 504-page giant big book uh, coming out uh, in time for the holidays. Uh, support the comic and keep these vids going on a regular basis. There are two existing volumes of Red Room trade paperbacks out there right now, but we're starting the third series in May. Red Room Crypto Killers 1 going to hit the stands and come out to you on a regular basis. Each story is completely self-contained. That's the cover for issue number two. There are three volumes of X-Men Grand Design out there. And WYSIWYG, Jimmy, tell the people what else we have going on. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, fanny packs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.